Hello, this is Reading with Finest. I am Finest. I'm reading African Myths of Origin today. The story of Af from African Myths of Origin that I'm reading is Sanjante and the Empire of Mali. <clears throat> Follow me, everything's just fine on Instagram to see illustrations of mine. Mm, try to learn some every day. This is a long story, very long story for me at least. So it's going to be a long one. Let's jump into it. 30 seconds in. Sanjate in the Empire of Mali. I'll try to take my time and enjoy this long ride. Enjoy it with me. What follows is a short retelling of the epic of Sanjate, a great narrative with many variants and versions recorded over the past century. They say short retelling. Psh, here we go. In the earliest days, the Medin was divided into three kingdoms, Du, Kari, and Taboon. Dumungo Naya Mogo was the ruler of the land of Du. One day he slaughtered an ox and invented all his relatives to join in the feast. He invited all his relatives to join in the feast, but he excluded Du Kai Kam Issa, his father's sister. Although she had witnessed his birth and it was she who buried his umbilical cord, she was outraged and swore vengeance. Revenge. She took the shape of a great wild buffalo with horns of gold and a and tail of silver. And she began to kill people in the land of Du. No one working in the fields was safe. The buffalo would charge out of the bushes at the edge of the field and, and gore or trample the farmers and their helpers. How dare you not invite me? I'll show you. Uh, people walking on paths between villages would be slaughtered. Dum Ogugo Naya Mogo set, sent hunters out to kill the buffalo, but they died. The buffalo killed them all. The land went into decline. Fields were not cleared. The earth was not turned. Crops were not harvested. No one dared to leave the village space. The ruler sent out word of the trouble facing the, his land, and men came to hunt the buffalo. They were killed. The buffalo with the horns of gold and the tail of silver overcame all the hunters and warriors and adventurers. Two poor brothers and the Menden decided to try their faith against the buffalo. They consulted a diviner before they left, and they were told they must befriend the person they meet when they come to do. They were called to Dan Mensa Wulandin and Dan Mensa Wulanba. They assembled what supplies they could find and set out on a path that led to do. As they approached the town, they came across a decrepit hut whose mud walls were crumbling and whose th thatch was thin and sparse. In front of the hut, an old woman sat staring at an empty fireplace. Greetings, grandmother, said the two young men. She did not answer them. We hope you are in good health. Still, she said nothing, which was unusual. The elder brother was about to say something sharp when the younger nudged him. Remember the oracle. Have you no fire, grandmother, asked the elder. The answer was clear. The two young men put down their packs and went into the bush looking for firewood. Soon they found enough to make two bundles, which they brought back and lay beside the hut. 
You have no water, grandmother, observed the young brother. The two young men found vessels beside the house and walked down to the stream. They filled the pots and returned to the hut. Let us prepare you a meal, they said, and they took some rice from their pro uh, provinces and set it <clears throat> to boil over the fire. Then they prepared a sauce with the meat from an animal they had killed along the way and some herbs they had found. When the two parts of the meal were ready, they spread the rice dish and poured the sauce over it. They placed the dish in front of the old woman. She leaned her head forward, smelled the food, and then she looked down at the dish and up at the young man. Hes hesitantly, her hand went out and made a small bowl of rice, which she dipped in the rice, I mean, and dipped in the sauce. She brought it to her mouth. You must eat some meat, grandmother, said the brothers. And they each picked out chunk of the meat and fed them to her. Bite by bite, the old woman ate the entire dish of food. Then she leaned up back against the wall of the hut. Her eyes closed again. The young men washed the dishes and sat beside her. Night fell. The woman rose from her seat and withdrew into the hut. The two brothers spread mats near the fire and slept there. In the morning, they built up the fire again and set some meal to boil. When the old woman came out of the hut, she found her breakfast already prepared. She sat down, and again the young man fed her. When she had finished the dish, she belched loudly in appreciation. Ha, children, she said. You have been very kind to me. You have shown me kindness that I have not received even from my kinsmen. I must make some return to you. Tell me why you have come to the land of dew. Ah, grandmother said, they said, you need make no return. You are, an, you are elder. We owe you our help but we cannot refuse your help if you wish to give it. We have come to hunt the buffalo of dew, for in our homes we are poor. Many men have hunted the buffalo and they were they are they are they are dead, said the old woman. If you wish to escape their fate, you will need my help. I shall give it to you. In the hut you shall find three eggs and a spindle. You must use these items in, when hunting the buffalo. Do not shoot an arrow at the buffalo. The arrow will not harm it. Shoot the spindle at the buffalo. Then you must flee, using the eggs to delay the buffalo as it, as it pursues you. The brothers found the items she spoke of. They placed the eggs and the spindle in their hunting bags and took up their bows. There is one more thing, said the old woman. If you kill the buffalo, the king will offer you a reward. You are young men. He will offer you a wife and give you your choice of the maidens in the village. You must not choose the beautiful maidens. He will show you. There is a hunchback girl carved, covered with warts. You must choose her. She will be the mother of an empire. They thanked the old woman again and proceeded towards the village. When they came to the edge of the fields, they circled around until they found a trail. And there they entered the bush. They walked very carefully, listening attentively for any sound of the buffalo. They heard nothing, but soon they saw a flash of light among the shrubs and grass. And then they saw the buffalo with his horns of gold and a tail of silver. The elder brother, Dan Mansa Walanba, was paralyzed at the sight. He could not move, but the younger brother pulled the spindle uh, from the quiver and set it to his bow. He drew the string and released the shaft. It struck the buffalo in the shoulder. The beast bellowed so loudly that the two men fell down. 
and then leapt into the air. As it as it came down to as it came down, it tossed his head and sniffed to find his enemy. The two brothers backed away, and then when it spotted them, they turned and ran. As they ran, the younger brother took an egg from his bag and threw it behind him. They glanced back and saw that that where the egg fell, a a pond had appeared and was spreading. The buffalo charged into the water, but it could not continue its gallop. It had to swim across the pond, and by the time it reached a further bank, the brothers had pulled far ahead, but the buffalo ran more quickly than they. It soon caught up with them again, and the younger brother threw an egg. This time, the egg this this time a thick hedge of spiny bushes appeared and the buffalo was caught among the tough stems but it trampled its way through soon it was close behind and the third egg was thrown a small mountain appeared and the buffalo was forced to climb up and over the hill by the time the buffalo reappeared the two brothers had reached the edge of the fields they turned their they they turned there to await the buffalo and soon saw that they were out of danger the beast was staggering half blind when it reached the fields it fell dead my brother exclaimed then mansa wulaba the elder you, you have done a great deed your courage is surpre- uh, surpassing you have slain the buffalo in this way he became his younger brother's praise singer or Jali. He became the ancestor of the Jabat clan of singers who are bound by hereditary links to the Tarawi clan, descendants of a younger brother. They dis- they discussed what to do next and decided it would be best to bring the tokens to the village. They cut off the silver tail from the buffalo and broke off the golden horns. One brother left his sandal, the other the leather Saif to his knife. Then they went. They then they went to the village and sat down at the edge of the market square. At the end of the day, a villager who had ventured out to look at his fields found the dead buffalo. He came running back, and the word spread. Soon, the ruler Dumogo Nai Mugo came out with his advisors and made his way across the fields to inspect the carcass of the buffalo. When he returned, his advisors announced that the buffalo was dead and a reward would be given to the person who had killed it. Soon men were jousting each other to claim the reward, but they failed the test. The king set them. He asked them to put put on the sandal he had found by the buffalo or to produce the knife to fit the leather seat. No one had such a knife. No one's foot fitted the sandal exactly. Soon all the claimants had been dismissed and the advisors were left wondering who might have killed the buffalo. There are two young men in the market square, said one. They are not from Du. Perhaps they know something of this affair. They called the two brothers. The sandal fitted one of the brothers perfectly and he made it his mat. And he made his mate. The other brother could show the knife that fitted the seath. Then the brothers opened their hunting bags and brought out the silver tail and the golden horns. Ah, these are the killers of the buffalo, cried all the people. And the ruler told them he would give them a reward, their choice of the most beautiful maidens of the village. The maidens were assembled and brought before the brothers. The both young men were tempted, but they remembered the last words of the old woman who had helped them so greatly. 
and so they refused the beautiful maidens. They asked instead about an ugly maiden with a crooked back, and she was brought out. So Golon Kundi, known as So Golon Kudum Kudume, Suligun of the Warts, the people of the village were astounded and muttered in amazement and in, in some disgust as the two young men took the maiden and led her from the village. The elder brother tried to lie with the, lay with the maiden that night, but she uh, repealed, repelled him. Neither young man could approach her, and so when they returned to their home in the maid, in, in Menden, in Narana, they were puzzled what they were to do with her. But the ruler of Narana, Nari Famagan Siania, the handsome, had consulted a diviner who told him that the two young men could would bring a strange woman to Narana, and he must marry this woman. For her son would found an empire. When he heard that the two brothers had come with a strange woman, he sent for them. He offered them a different woman in exchange. It is said that she was Na-Na Tarbin, sister of Famagon Sienia, and a powerful sorceress. They agreed and left So Golon Kuduma with Nar Famagon. Different stories are told of the wedding night of those two. Some say that the man was able to sleep with her only after he held a knife to her throat, or that pubic hair stretched into great porcupine quills that held him off. Some also say that his knife had magic powers that when he laid it on her skin, the warts fell off, uh, uh, fell, fell away in her, in her back. Fell, the, the warts on her skin fell away and her back straightened so that she became beautiful. They also say that after he, the marriage was con, cons, consummated, so Golono wished to observe the dancing in the square and so stretched her neck so that her head went out of the chamber across the courtyard and over the wall so she could see what was being done. Whatever the truth, so Golono Kondu, Konde became pregnant. By coincidence, another wife of Nair Famagon became, also became pregnant at the time. Sasuma Bariti, the two women came to term at the same time. It is not certain who gave birth first. It is said that so, so Golon gave birth and an old woman went to bring the news to Nair Famagon, but along the way she met some people seated around a bowl of food and they invited her to join them she did so and did not raise the, until all the food was eaten by that time sasa uma Bretti had also given birth and the messenger had reached nar Magan, who declared that the son of sasuma Bretti named dankarn tuman to be the firstborn. The old woman protested that so Golon's son had been first, had been born first, but Nar Famagon would not listen to her. He declared 
the news that he had reached his ears first was the news that counted. In this way, so Golon's son became the second born. He was named Sujote. Sasamu Bariti was uneasy about her son's claim to primacy and determined to remove Sunjante from the secession. She consulted diviners and magic workers, and they cast a spell on Sunjante so that he was crippled in his legs. He could not walk. He crawled everywhere like an animal. His condition was a humiliation to his mother that, that not even the birth of several other children could erase. Everywhere she heard people talking about the worthless son of Sulagon, how he could do nothing like other children and was little better than a beast. Years passed and still Shinjante crawled around the compound. It, is, it was the time of year when women prepared a special meal seasoned with leaves of the Babe tree. The children went swarming over the trees to pluck the leaves and bring them to their mothers. So Golon had, a, had no children to bring her to Boba leaves. Sanjante could not climb, and the, other, the others were too young. She swallowed her pride and went to Sasoma Barite, her co-wife, to ask her for some Boba leaves. Sasoma Barete said she could not spare any and asked So Golon, surely your son can bring you the leaves. So Golon returned quickly to her hut, walking almost blindly because of the tears of rage in her eyes. She almost tripped over Sinjate as she came to the, her fireplace. Oh, will you not rise up? She exclaimed. Sinjate saw her pain and sorrow and resolved feel, filled his heart. I shall raise, he said to his mother. Tell the blacksmith to forge me iron bars and with them I shall stand up. So Golono went to the blacksmith, and for the for the wife of Nar Famagan, they forged two strong iron bars. She brought them to Sanjate, who seized one in each hand and heaved against them. They snapped in two like twigs. Sadly, so, so Golon brought the fragments back to the smith, who marveled at the breaks and then set about forging iron bars that were three times as strong. The smith themselves brought the bars to Sinjate, but again, he the bars broke when he put his weight upon them. Iron bars will not serve, he said. Mother, fetch me a staff of Junba wood. Okay. Sogolon went into the bush and found a Junba tree before she laid her small axe to the tree, she swore an oath. If I have been faithful to my husband, if I have been a dutiful wife, if I have borne the troubles put upon me as one should, then let this staff help my son to rise. Then she cut a staff and brought it to Sinjate. He was, he, he set both hands upon it and pulled. Then hand over hand, he drew himself up against the staff so that his body and then his legs straightened beneath him. Finally, he was standing erect with only one hand upon the wood. He took a step and then another step. Watching So Golon overcome with joy, she sang, for her heart was full and some of the songs are still remembered. 
Today is a great day, she's saying. There was there was there has never been a day like today. As she's saying, Shinjunte walked out of the compound and down the path to the bobe tree. She followed, still singing, out her joy. And as she did, the other woman in the neighborhood came, saw, and joined her in wonder. Shinjunte came to the bobe tree. He stretched his arms around his trunk and somehow seized the entire tree. Uh, a, a boba tree can be five meters in diameter. So he, he wrapped his arms quite, quite, uh, quite long. He took it, he, he shook it and uprooted it. The children in the branches fell to the ground and from the accident comes a praise name for Sinjate, bone breaking Jata. Then he carried the tree back into his mother's compound. Mother, he said, now the other woman will have to ask you for the Bobbe leaves. Sinjante took the hunt took to hunting and became a great hunter who kept the entire town supplied with meat. But he did not he did nothing to challenge the standing of Dankarn Tuman, whom he considered his older brother. Dankaran would receive the second share of meat after that of his father and his mother the third. But Sasamu Barete was not reassured, and Dankinard Tuman shared her uneasiness. Narfamagan, the handsome, died after some time, and Dankinard Tuman was named ruler in his place. Sanjata did not change his behavior. Dankinard Tuman received the part of the hunter's keel that went to the ruler and others served later. Others were served later. Dankanar Tuman resolved to be rid of his brother. He sent an ox to, to the nine witches of Mandan, asking that they do away with Sanjante. Sanjante. But Sanjante heard about this. His disturb his his disperation dis dis Jupiration of meat throughout the town had made him many friends. He went into the to the nine witches whose leader is said to have been Nan Tarabin, his father's sister, given to the hunter's brother who killed the buffalo of Du. He gave them nine buffaloes, one for each witch, witch. And they agreed, and they would refuse the gift from Dankarn Tuman. And accepted Sanjay's offering. Oof. But the signs were clear, and on the advice of all around him, Sanjante decided to go into exile. His mother and her other children accompanied them, and before them went the old woman singer Tuma Mani Manya, singing the song of the bow. Pick up your bow, Jata. Pick up your bow and go. Some people say the song was composed when Sanjante bent the iron bars while trying to rise. He went through the lands of Mandan, but wherever he stopped, a messenger from Dankarn Tuman soon followed and bribed the ruler or gave orders to, so that Sanjante was told he was unwelcome. He traveled further and further until he left the Mandan entirely and came to Mimba, which was ruled by Farn T 
Tonkar, Tonkari. There he and his family settled, and there he took service with the king as a warrior and hunter. In the Mendon, affairs were not claimed by Sanjante's departure. Soon the kingdom was threatened by a powerful neighbor, Sumangura, sometimes called Sumaroro, the ruler of the Sasos, who was exerting his might. Sumaguru was a man of extraordinary powers. It was said he was the child of two or even three mothers. The pregnancy would move from one mother to another, one day one day at a time, and it lasted for longer than the usual period. The baby was born only after one mother, Sun Sun, or Dabi, realized that a night at night her ch- child was leaving the womb to play in the dark. On, on the advice of the diviner, she left a mortar laying on the ground the fetus mistook it for the womb and curled up in it and was so disco- and was so discovered at daybreak. Sum- Sumagaru was the man who had brought musical instruments into the world. One of them cost him his sister, the balafone. He heard the spirits of Wild playing it and asked them to sell it to him, but he could not pay their price at the time. They wanted the life of a family member and his parents were dead and his sister had been given away in marriage. But his sister learned of his situation and once her child, Fakoli, had been weaned, she went of her own accord to the spirits and they gave Sumanguru the balafone. He kept it in secret in a secret chamber along with other items of magical power. Hoping to appease Sumanguru Suma, Suma Manguru, Dankarn Tumen sent him one of his sisters as a bride, and with her he sent Jankam Jankamuma Doka, the singer. When they came to Sosa, Jankamuma Doke somehow sensed the presence of the secret chamber and was drawn to it. Some, some uh, guru. guru at the time was off hunting. Jankakuma Duka came in, sat before the balafone and began to play it. From afar, some among gurus sensed the, in, the intrusion into the secret chamber and returned immediately, prepared to kill whoever it was who entered. As he approached, Jankakuma Doko began a song. Some among guru, some among guru, the first and native king, Samaguru with the hat of human skin. Samaguru with the shirt of human skin. Samaguru with the trousers of human skin. Samamanguru with the shoes of human skin. Hearing the song of praise, Samaguru, Samamanguru was appeased. It is sweet he said, to be praised by another. And so he spread Jankum, he spared Jankum Duko's life. But to keep him in his service, he cut the singer's ankles uh, tendons and he remained, he, he remained, he renamed him Bala Faske Kuwait 
the descendant of Bala Faske, Kuwait, preserves the Balafone of Semaguru in Nagasola in Guinea. Oof. I'm trying to see how much is long, how much is left. Oh my God. So much left still. Okay. We got this. Let me find out where I'm at now. Do, 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 do. Stab it. All right. But in other regards, Semaguru was not satisfied with the offering made by Dankarn Tuman. He invaded and easily conquered the maiden. Uh, Dankon Tumen fled into the forest of Guinea, where he and his people were accompanied, who accompanied him became known as the Kisi because they called their new home Kisaduga, place of safety. Sum, Suma Guru established his rule over the Mendin, and the people were very unhappy. Every aspect of their lives was controlled. They could not speak clearly, and Summa Guru imposed heavy taxes. The people of Maiden Menden wondered what to do, who could save them, and so remembered Sanjute, the hunter who had gone into exile. But where had he gone? They did not know. A group went to seek him among the singers. Tuma Mana Manya, they took with them typical plants of Menden. Leaves from the shea tree, spices in each town. Wait, spice and spices in each town. They came to. They laid out their wares, and because people outside of Mandan did not know what they were, they passed them by. So went until so they went into until they came to Mima. They landed. They laid out their Mandan spices in the. They laid out their. Mending spices in the market and sat waiting. Sanjante's sister came to the market for since for since their mother was old, she no longer went out to supply the household. Sologon Kalunaka, the daughter, looked over the wares of, on display, and she was amazed to see the plants that she reckon, recognized. Plants from her home. Ah, she explained. These are from the Menden. She quickly brought the supplies and invited the travelers to come and eat with them at their home. And when they reached the compound, however, she realized that they had no meat to cook for the meal. But so Golon Kulakan was the was the true daughter of Sologono Kodo Kondi. And she had inherited powers for her from her mother. She knew her brother were hunting in the bush, and she knew there, she knew through her magic sight that they had killed each killed an antelope. She threw the 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 livers and hearts from the two kills and brought them to the fireside. She so she could cook them as a meal for the guests in the bush. Shinjinte and his brother. Mending Bori began to butcher their kills. They were amazed to find that the two larger antelopes had no hearts or livers. Then Shinjante laughed. This must be the doing of our sister, he said. Surely she had guessed she wishes to feed and there was no meat in the house. 
How dare she take the parts of Arkeel's protested mending Bori and fumed about his her sister's arrogance all the way back to the town. When they reached the compound, he shouted aloud and angry and in anger, and so so Golon Kolunka's wrap around cloth fell from her hips, bearing her legs and groin. She cried and the cloth rose up again around her. Again, mending Mending's Bori shouted and the cloth fell again. So Golon covered herself. Control yourself, brother, ordered Sinjante. You have already shown that your children will never be kings. He moved forward to greet his sister and then meet the guests. After all he he had eaten, the guests explained their mission. They told they told how some Maguru had come upon the maid come upon Menden driving out Dankarn two men, and how the people felt oppressed and wished for a savior to set to free them. You are the son of the king, they cons concluded. The people call you. You must return to the Menden. It is not that simple, answered Sanjante. I am also the son of my mother, and she is old. She cannot travel to return to the Menden, and I will not leave her here alone. So long as her mother lives, I cannot return to Menden. That night, Sanjante went in, out into the dark, and he offered a vow. If it is my fate to rule the Menden, if I am truly destined to lead the three the and lead the three and thirty clans of Menden, the clans of quiver bearers, the mending Mori clans, the Muslim leaders, the clans of the blacksmith, and the Julawa and the leather workers, if I am to become king, then let my mother die tonight in peace. That night, so Golon Kondi, Sanjanta's mother, died. They wrapped her in cloth in a cloth, and then Sanjante went to Mimma, far in Tunkar, Tunkara, and to tell them to tell him that his mother had died and he wished to bury her. He asked the king for land. The king had 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 advisors, three old men known as see all, hear all, and know all. They reminded the king that this man was a stranger who had come among them and that he should ask for good payment for the land he was to give as a resting place for Sanjata's mother. The king asked Sanjata for nine myth qualls of gold. It is a high price, answered Sanjata. I shall bring it to you later in the day. But when he returned, he gave the advisors a battered old calabash bowl filled with dust, ashes, arrowheads, and partage feathers. What does this mean? The king asked his advisors. This payment is not gold. It is a warning, answered the advisors. If we do not give him the land, he will return with war. That is a message of the arrowheads. Our houses will be burned and broken down. That is the message of the dust and the ashes. Partridges shall play where we lived. That is the message of the feathers. It is best to give him the land. They gave Sanjanta the land and he buried so Golon Kandi. Then he and then then he and his remaining family and the envoys who had come to seek him took the path of return to the Munden. They came to the river to the passage which was served by the boats of the Samono boatmen. 
On their way out, Sogolon Gandhi had given the leader of the boatmen two silver bracelets. He asked why she made him this gift, and she answered, Sinanku, a thing for tomorrow. After Sumanguru took power, he gave orders to the boatmen that they were to transport no one across the river without permission from the court. The boats lay idle on the far bank. Sanjante came to the river and shouted across. He summoned the chief of the boatmen and asked for a passage. The chief of the boatmen answered he could not let them pass without permission from Sumanguru. Ah, chief, cried Sanjante, raise your arms. Intrigued, the boatman chief raised his arms in the air. Cross your wrists, cried Sanjante, and the chief did so. As his wrists met, the two silver braces rattled against each other. What was that sound, asked Sanjante? Was it not a gift that my mother called? A thing for tomorrow. The chief of the, of the boatman did not answer but turned and ordered the boats to fetch Sanjata's party across the river. People railed to Sanjata from across the Manding village, across the Manding. Village chiefs and rulers of lands assembled their soldiers, the bowmen and the swordsmen and the riders, and came to join Sanjata. Samanguru in turn assembled his soldiers and came to meet the challenger, they are there are many stories about the battles they fought and where they took place some say they met four times others that they met uh, met nine times others that they met 20 times but in all those battles some munguru's forces had the upper hand as they say the laughter went went to the sosos and the tears to the menden while sanjata's men fought bravely somehow they could not defeat sumunguru even when they thought they had him pinned down or cornered he would somehow escape them and turn defeat into victory spirits were getting low they were there were raised slightly by defecation from sumunguru's sumunguru's army his nephew, Fakofulu, who came to the side of Sanjata, Fakoli, was the son of the sister who had given himself to the jinns to obtain the balafon for Sanjata. He had an extraordinary wife. When she cooked, her own pot would feed as many people as 300 pots prepared by his uncle, Samangurus, 300 wives. Samangurus had taken Fakali's wife, jealous of his powers. Fakali renounced his kinship and came to Sanjate. He confirmed to them what they had already guessed, that Samanguru was protected by more than weapons, that to defeat him, they would have to learn the secret of his oculate powers. So... Golon Kulakan went to some Samanguru's capital. Her hair was done in intricate braids. Her body was rubbed with uh, aromic oils. The clothes, the cloths that covered her body shimmered and somehow highlighted the sway of her hips. 
she came by some uh, some some uh, guru's palace and soon she was invited in it was not long before she was the king she and the king were seated at a dinner and his eyes followed the movement of the cloth around her shoulders and the grace of her arms as she reached out for food he quickly decided that he must have this woman that very night but when he asked her into his bedchambers she demurred up to that point she had she had seemed more than willing she matched smile for smile she offered him meaty morsels she shrugged in ways that almost made the cloth slip from her shoulders revealing hints of bosom but she stopped at the door i do not know enough about you she said when a man and a woman share a bed there should be no secrets i must be assured of your trust he argued with her but she held firm in the course of the argument some guru's mother intervened she had heard this of the strange woman who had appeared and she worried for her son she came to him and listening for a time to the discussion to her it seemed clear what was going on oh my son she called do not give your secrets to a one-night woman some uh Suma, suman guru was enraged in in at the intrusion and the interruption he turned and seized the old woman violently dragged her across the room where he had been eating with his guests and threw her out of the door then he shut the door when he turned back so gulun Kulakan was standing before the small fire and somehow the shadows limed her body and her bright smile i am a man of power said sama manguru surely you must know that i am the king it is clear you are powerful said so golon you you are well protected but how can you be sure no one will somehow violate the secrets can you be sure of your protection no ordinary matter can harm me said sumanguru coming close to her that must be true she answered looking at him so you are safe from everything not everything he admitted an arrow not an ordinary arrow arrow but one tipped with the spur of a white cock that could harm me no one makes arrows from that from that piece of fowl fowl answers solo golon so golon kolu kolukan she moved closer to him come let us go within some uh, guru's desires was not immediately satisfied although she entered the bedchamber with him so golon kolun kolukan broke off before any serious love making had occurred and said that she must go to wash herself. Some uh, guru waited for waited a while. He called her voice, answered from the neighboring privy. He called again and again. She answered, and again she answered. Wait, wait. Her voice answered from the neighboring privy. He called again and again. She answered. The third time he went to see what she what was keeping her. She had fled. She had left two small tokens which she had enchanted to answer for her. At the next battle, tide changed. Sunjata's forces, Sunjata's forces had the secret of Sumanguru's power. Sunjata carried 
his bow and kept ready a new arrow, one tipped with the spur of a white cock. Sumaguru avoiding him, and this time the forces under Sunjate were able to overcome the Soso army. Suma Suma Manguru fled on horseback, closely pursued by Sunjate. Uh, Fakali and several other leaders of the army. Suma Guru caught up his wife and charged away. They reached the Nigeria River, Nigeria River, just as Sanjate caught up with him. Samaguru horses gave a great leap and landed on the far side of the river, just as Sanjate's arrow struck the rider. Samaguru, his wife, and the, his horse all turned to stone. It is said you can still see them here today at the falls of Kaolaikoru. Sanjante, Sanjante and his generals turned back into the Menden, and in Samanguru's palace, they found Bala Faski Gaut crippled by Sumanguru. They made Sumanguru's son his steed to carry him everywhere he wished to go on. Soon after the last battle, Sanjante and all the leaders of the Menden held a great assembly at the at a place called Korkan Fugan. There they established the rules that would govern their new state. They appointed territories and defined principles. Thus was the empire of Mali born. Oh, we finished, y'all. That was like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I don't know how much that, how long that was. Oh my God. I'm crying. I made it. I'm here. We did it. What a great story. I loved it. Sanjante. Molly. My favorite thing was that not that it just ended. I mean, I'm happy that it's over, but no, I'm happy. It was a good story. It was a lot of ups and downs. It was like a, I can see why it could be such a long story of like probably multiple books. And they just kind of try to sum it up into a couple of pages. Uh, so good on them. Uh, favorite thing, I guess, is I'm, I'm a big fan of Sanjate. He was really nice. You know, he was crippled for a long time. Fixed that. And then he got the, the end. Uh, because he was crippled and he understand like, oh yeah, I used to be crippled, you know, I used to, I used to have to crawl on my hands and knees for a long time. And now that this old, uh, emperor is gone and he's made you cripple one of these people cutting your ankles and make you have to play music, I'm going to have his son carry you around all the time. Cause that's, that's ironic. I like that. Like, you know, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, so anyway, that was Reading with Finance. I'm so ready to be done with that. Thank you for listening. Today's the day. Go read things. Follow me. Everything's just fine. Woohoo.